0: When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANWHORE and save 40% off the best-selling wedge-ramp combo at liberator.com. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at hotmovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man or Podcast. What's up, fan whores and whoreheads? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. I, uh, I I want to rejoice in this beautiful weather we've been having this these string of beach days because uh, those of you who follow me on the on the Instagrams know that I have been ooh headed on down the the nude beach on Sandy Hook in New Jersey quite a bit. Bought myself a season pass, just you know. There's just something super relaxing about going to a beach, stripping down, and just laying out there. Or making new friends with other naked people. It's just a good time. You just got to be sure to, you know, cover the bits and pieces properly with sunscreen. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to talk about. But, um, you know, every once in a while, the, the, that guy says a thing, and it crosses... A line where it breaks my fucking brain, and if you don't, if you're the type of you know man whore podcast listener who doesn't enjoy when I bring up politics, sorry, but not sorry. This is important. You think the people who support all the racists are also going to be like on board with like not kink shaming and promoting sex positivity and comprehensive sex ed and sex work? Your decrim. You think they're on board? No. Of course, that shouldn't be the reason that you care, but just if you want to know why it would ever potentially overlap with a, with a podcast where I'm, where I'm having on a porn star, Naomi Banks, that's, that's a reason why it may overlap. Also, because it pisses me the fuck off. He basically subtweeted four congresswomen who are all black or brown, uh, telling them to go back to where they came from. And I hope that most of you by now have learned that uh, three of those four women were actually born here. So not really sure where he wants them to go. And this is one not all of y'all may know because I actually didn't even really realize it uh, till a friend pointed it out to me. But we have foreign-born people who just are just also happen to be men and white, of course. And, and they also dissent openly against Donald Trump. Of course, Donald Trump didn't say shit about Connecticut Congressman Jim Himes, who was not born here. Didn't say anything about Representative Don Baer, who uh, is also just an old, kind of has a George H.W. Bush look to him. But yeah, he was born outside of the United States, uh, and he dissents against Trump, but Trump didn't say shit about him either. And these are some of the tools I want to make sure you know when people try to tell you that Trump's tweets weren't necessarily racist i'm not part of that outrage culture that just shouts trump is hitler constantly but that speech rally chat thing he did on monday when he tripled down on his comments that felt like what when i read about the young early hitler this it it felt like that what makes me, it, it, what what Trump says in tweets and shit doesn't make me nearly as mad and and not even mad, but sad, disappointed, depressed. It's not what he says is that people don't seem to care. I want there to be a point in which where you genuinely cut off family, where you say, look, here's the comment, and even if you tell me you don't like the comment, if this is not a the thing that makes you say I'm done with the guy I'm done with you. I had the message of, I had to text a friend because there was a, 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 a guy I met at a party one weekend at her place. And he was saying that what Trump tweeted wasn't racist. And I was like, look, I am not. And he's one of those guys. He just likes the fucking debate. And I can recognize it because I fucking love to debate, but I just don't like debating someone's humanity. And the guy's like, Oh, what? It's not racist, not racist. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm done with you because I'm not going to debate whether or not it's racist. I will compassionately explain it to you if you truly don't understand, because I know I've needed people to compassionately explain some shit to me. And I will need someone to do that again on who knows what issue in the future. But I was like, I'm not going to debate you whether or not it is. So I was like, okay, I'm done with you. But I had to text my friend and be like, look, I don't know what, how close you two are, i want you to know this is where he's standing here's a screenshot i uh, if you if you fucks with him i can't fucks with you there has to be a fucking line because if you still fucks with him even if you say oh those are terrible comments those are racist comments but i'm still voting for him (sighs) make your friends uncomfortable make your family uncomfortable stop accusing people of being racist Start accusing him of being complicit in racism. Because this, I I, genu- I have never been scared about this Trump. Pr- I mean, maybe I, initially when he won, but like, I have never been scared personally. I've been scared on behalf of other people. I've never been scared personally about this guy until that. And not just that, but the the thing he did Monday morning, that talk that speech because uh hey friends allies remember hitler put allies in concentration camps too and sometimes they didn't even get that they just got the bullet in the brain just remember that start getting fucking brave make shit uncomfortable this week on the show i've got on naomi banks everybody And, uh, well, I can't wait to share it with you all in a bit because I can't wait to get as far away from this topic as possible. But first, (laughs) we're going to do show dates, people. I'm not even going to put the drop in there. I'm just going to be like, we're doing show dates because there's only one show date you need to know about. It's August 3rd here in New York City. We're doing a man whore podcast live show. I'm going to have stand-up comedians get heckled by their exes. And then after each set, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about why they didn't work out. It's going to be uh, if, you, if you enjoyed the Chicago live show, which I hope you did. I got a lot of really fun feedback on that one. But if you enjoyed that show, you're going to love this one. So I want to see you out there if you live in the greater New York area. OK, now I want you to go get your tickets. OK, you go get those at manorpod.com slash tickets uh, is cheaper online than in person. Of course, the live show is part of an entire weekend of fun events, manhorcon and we do have weekend passes still available. We have 11 weekend passes available. I'm not making up that number. actually said a number because I only bought a certain amount of swag bags, so we got 11 left. And if you want to join a bunch of wonderful sex-positive listeners, go to manwhorepod.com slash weekend. And you'll see uh, both of those uh, links, both those URLs in the show notes. Um, But I would love to see y'all there August 3rd at Karma Lounge for the live show. Also, congratulations to Andrea Allen, friend of the pod. We love Andrea, right? My dear friend Andrea Allen, uh, she released her very first comedy album. It's a stand-up EP, uh, very, very funny stuff. It's called Gonzo. And, uh, she, she debuted at number one on iTunes. We're very proud of her here at the Manhor podcast, go show her some love. And if you, if you need to be convinced, stay tuned to the very, 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 very very end of this episode, she's letting me play a, um, an entire track from the EP. So you're going to get to hear a little, a little sampling of her stand up tidbits at the end before I get to my guest this week, Naomi Banks, uh, we, I, I, there's a, we did it. We did, you know, cause last week was the Chicago show. So there wasn't really an intro. And the one before that I was still getting comments in, but that Byron Sadiq episode, uh, three, I know it's three weeks ago, but that where we talked about pickup artists, I got so much engagement, feedback, commentary, and it wasn't all what I expected. You know, I expected a little bit more of, um, Just more anti-that stuff. But I was genuinely surprised at the number of men who have done Pickup, who have been part of the seduction community, and who listened to this podcast, and who reached out to me to share the positives that they've gotten from being a part of all that. Now, as you all know, I think uh, Pickup Artistry is trash. I'm just fascinated by the subculture of that trash. Uh, But I want to read a few comments that I got about that episode. Uh, These are some comments that come from our Patreon-only Facebook group, The Champagne Room. We do a weekly episode comment thread, so these are some comments coming from there. Um, This one comes from Arielle. Uh, She says, wow, whoa, this episode. Byron made me feel really unsafe. I have heard every single word he's said verbatim by pickup artists who have successfully picked me up. My first threesome was with two guys who I later find out had been PUAs. The threesome was fun, and in the end, they were willing to be very open about their pickup stuff with me, which at the time made me feel less bad. But I definitely felt I had been played. Honestly, this episode brought me back to memories of the entire thing and made me feel even more duped and stupid for having fallen for the game they were playing. The opener, like literally the my friend and I are having an argument, the negging, the I can't remember the word, but the tactic for dealing with resistance all the way down to the to the bullshit of it actually being a way to build confidence for men. It's like find another way that isn't turning women into your trophies, please and thank you. That's fake self improvement. But you know who made me feel really safe? You did, Billy. I, I by the way, I didn't pick this comment because she compliments me, but I do. You know, tend to read the comments in full. <laughs> you did, Billy. I was uh, I was really close to turning it off after being about twenty minutes in, but I really trusted you, and my trust wasn't misplaced. Since I trusted you and your ability to see through the objectifying BS and to stand up for it uh, and not let Byron's statements just slide by, I was able to listen to the entire episode and hear what Byron had to say. Because listening can also be really scary when it brings back some pretty demeaning memories. Oh, and finally, I call bullshit on his statement that you can't tell who a pickup artist is. The summer after I was picked up by those guys, I spent my whole uh, rest of my time in that city uh, sabotaging strangers trying to pick me up. A favorite memory was physically correcting a guy's stance uh, as he was talking to me. There's this whole thing about standing at a three-quarter angle or something. He was so flabbergasted that I had figured him out. It was a great moment. Okay, okay. Um, This next one. Thank you, Ariel. This next comment comes from Andrew. He says, uh, conflicted about this one. On one hand, I think anything that can encourage confidence and the ability to deal with social situations with somebody you find sexually attractive is a good thing. I know when I was dating, I'd look online for advice and guidance on what to say, what to do, where to go, etc. I would like the ability to go into a bar and confidently strike up a conversation with a woman. Sometimes you need an idea in your head about what to say. On the other hand, the culture itself sounds very unhealthy. The idea of negotiating last-minute resistance sounds very much like persuasion and could be considered borderline rapey. It should be about more than getting the numbers up. I don't know. I think my stance is that I like the idea of pickup, but I don't like the culture or context it's used, within which it's used. Yeah, you know, that whole last-minute resistance thing, uh, it's, it's, it's not, um... It's not that it could be considered borderline rapey. Um, it is borderline rapey. Let's, uh, let's call things what they are because there are people calling Trump's comments, you know, racially charged. It's like racially charged isn't a thing. Uh, I eat a cookie. I never say it's deliciously charged. The cookie is delicious and Trump's comments are racist, um, because he is racist. Okay. Settle down, Billy. Deep breaths. Goose a Josh writes. Last comment I'm going to read is on, on the Byron episodes. Josh writes, oh boy, um, riveted. But that's probably because early in my journey journey, I dabbled in the community too. It was out of desperation that stemmed from very, very extreme loneliness. It broke me out of my shell. It got me to advocate for myself, think outside of the box for starting relationships, and express my desires and sexuality. Which is really the key to not being friend-zoned, by the way, as the seduction community would say. There were some parts that I liked, especially the seduction community. He says now seduction community, which I guess he means like the present-day seduction community. Um, There were parts that I liked... That kind of mirrored sex positivity, but ultimately, I was kind of disgusted by the community as a whole. Too many in the community really were all about getting laid and the number of women, uh, quantity over quality. I didn't stay long or get very far in the community, but the further I went, the more predatory and manipulative the techniques and methods became. However, this was not representative of the whole of the community. Some of the neo-pickup artists used seduction as a tool for love and connection, sort of kind of similar to sex positivity, and they were much more healthy about their approach and their respect for women. Ultimately, I'm grateful that it broke me out of my shell and eventually led me to the sex-positive world, but I certainly cringe when I think of certain parts of it that I was exposed to. Some of it is, or was, rather ugly. Oh, boy. Wow. That was, um, that was another long one. <laughs> um, let's, let's, okay. Uh, you know what? I'll read this. I'm going to, this is a brief one. I'm going to read this message I got just because it's kind of fun and cute. Uh, I got a message from a guy, Michael, and he, all he asked was, do birthday gangbangs happen often? And would it be too much if the bangers just sang happy birthday for the bangy? Well, Michael, I think that's a very reasonable request. Uh, <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Uh, do gang bang, birthday gangbangs happen? Definitely. Is it too much to ask for a, a song? I mean, honestly, if I was invited to a gangbang and all she wanted was me us to sing a little tune. Yeah, sure, dude. I, whatever I got to do to let me put my cock in your warm space. You just tell me what the give me the lyrics and I'll do it. My very first um, blow bang Bukkake thing, I she it was Christmas time. And this was beautiful because this is how I could tell she's the one who wanted the Bukkake. And I wasn't just like a thing she was doing for her man. Before we got started, it was like five of us. And she said, hey, guys, I'm just mm, if you don't mind, just I have a little request. If, if it's OK with you, if, if it's OK, if not, but like just it would be great for me. For me, if you would, if I could get a picture with all the cocks under the Christmas tree. And we were all like, yeah, lady, you're about to suck all of our dicks. You can get yourself a picture under the tree, like a happy little Christmas slut that you are. So come on over. Who's got the camera? Uh, yeah, man. Just just ask them nicely. I don't know. <laughs> Before we get to Naomi Banks, I want to play a little teaser, a little teaser clip. This entire month, I am releasing bonus episodes on Patreon um, from a a failed How to Throw a Kick-Ass Sex Party episode. I I interviewed a bunch of members of Hacienda, people from the core team, at the time that we recorded it, uh, just to be like, how do you throw a kick-ass sex party? Last week, we heard uh, Jennifer, who taught us how to decorate. And tomorrow, I am releasing a bonus episode with Beth, the queen of Hacienda. And I just wanted to give you a little a little taste, a little snippet. So I just, just let's hear a little bit from Beth of what it's like to wear the crown.
1: I have been dubbed by people throughout the years and in an official ceremony, I'll have, you know, as the queen of Hacienda. Now, even to this day, after it's been a few years of this title, I still blush and I still feel a little embarrassed, but I've definitely also really embraced this title I am a very outgoing, outspoken person. I have an opinion. I like to say it. Um, I like to be very involved with decision making. And so it, it's quite a fitting title, really, for me to be called the queen. And I embrace it in, in a way that, um, is, you know, kind of makes me blush, but also I, I find it, uh, very honor honorable to be called that and I find a lot of responsibility in that title and I take it seriously. So yes, I'm the Queen of Hacienda and I'm very proud to be called that.
0: Are people too intimidated to hit on the Queen at one of these parties?
1: I have no idea if people are intimidated by me. I would say some people are just because everybody's different and I'm loud and outgoing. So some people are probably intimidated me, but I maybe those aren't the right type of people to hit on me anyways. I don't know. So I really can't say um, I'm sure all sorts of people have all sorts of different ideas about me and that's just fine.
0: And you get access to all of those bonus episodes when you sign up today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash man podcast. And I'm going to do the briefest of fan whore appreciation moments because this is the time to say I love showing appreciation uh, to the fan whores who make the man whore podcast possible by keeping a roof over my head and condoms on my cock. I want to give a shout out right now to Gareth Jensen, which is a uh, surprisingly a very common name. So I could not find anything really specific about you. But the one thing I do know. Is that you're a loyal fan whore, and I'm I'm proud to have you as a patron. Thanks uh, so much for your membership. Uh, shout out to Jay neris Not sure if I'm saying that last name right. What I do know is, oh my God, you're purdy. Uh, you're such a cutie. Uh, <laughs> it was so wonderful meeting you in Oakland at the uh, manhor Podcast Live Show out there. You gotta come on out to manhorcon next year. We want you here. Uh, thank you for your support and a shout out to Michael Oliverdian. I hope to see you at the, uh the live podcast here in New York city, August 3rd. All right. This week's guest, Naomi banks, everybody. Uh Naomi banks has explored many facets of the adult entertainment industry. Uh She has not done client work. Like what we, what you would call scene work, you know, in porn in, in many years, uh, but she still continues to be just professionally sexy. That's what I'm gonna say. Naomi Banks, professionally sexy. Uh, this is a bit of a shorter one. She was been on. She was. In a, she had a time constraint when we were at the AVN Awards in Las Vegas back in January. Uh, so that explains also why this is a longer intro. So you could have kind of a full episode. I, I I would hate for the show to end before you got to work. Let's listen to me with Naomi Banks. As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions, just a little easier, just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position Longer and harder. Uh, uh, uh. And you can get 40% off Liberator's Wedge Ramp Combo when you use promo code MANHOR at Liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best selling Wedge Ramp Combo with promo code MANHOR. Or you can just browse around Liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, because I always thought that women, believed that women were sexy. Mm-hmm. I think the very first time, like right before I did um, on film, um, My Girl Girl was a threesome. I did it in my personal life first.
0: Yeah. For the very first time. Did you do it because you were like, you knew we were going to do the scene, so you wanted to go practice? Or did you just happen to also do that at the same time?
2: Um no, it was for practice. You were like,
0: "I got the scene, and I want to be good." Yeah, I want to so- be good.
2: <laughs> yeah, because really, I never taste pussy before. Yeah, like literally, like I've never like tasted mine. Like I've never played with myself before porn. Uh huh. Like literally,
0: and you were like, "Oh, I don't want the camera to catch like just like, right. a reaction wince." Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know
2: how to taste. Like you know, so I had my very first threesome like probably like a week before I had my first threesome on camera. Yeah, and um,
1: it was okay.
2: I liked the on-camera better. I had it with Alexa Silver and LT. That was good. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Have you ever tested anything else out before shooting it? Like you knew you had to shoot it and you wanted to practice? Yep. Anal. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. Anal. You hadn't had anal before and you're like Oh No.
2: Okay. No. I, no. Mm-mm. I was like, my first five years in the industry, I was like, hell no. It's like a do not enter sign on my ass. Like right. that's only for shitting. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But then once I did it this feels so good that's Sorry. like the best orgasm ever <laughs> uh
0: you know what i agree also uh you know but it's something in me while we're doing this this is gonna be so much more fun uh literally me packing for avn was actually just searching around It was like where's the medium butt plug i can't fucking find it i can only find the big one not in the mood for that this week <laughs> you know actually when you were walking around here i was looking at your ass Hmm. And I said, like, oh, that's a nice ass. See, yes, yeah. so I said, that's a nice ass there. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, little booty, a little booty on me. I it. strap on and packed in my bag somewhere. <laughs> well, for me, actually, my one thing I am saving is, and actually I I, I semi-believe it enough, I merchandise that I have T-shirts that I sell to say, I'm saving pegging for marriage. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like,
2: seriously, I do. You know, um, you have a, a lot of women that want to experience that, but they're they're afraid that if they do that, that their man is gay. That's what they they usually think is that if I, if if I you know do that to my man and he enjoys it so much, he would no longer want it from me and want the real thing. Right. That's what a lot of women think. Mm-hmm. well it's it's not the case you know you can't do it you know with some people and it's just that's just what you do in your bed and that's just what to get you off
0: yeah and yeah. it's not just women some women who think that a lot of guys yeah, who do that yeah, too yeah yeah it's just like hey man the process it's not a switch that turns you gay it's yeah. just a button that makes sex awesome you know mm-hmm. it's like it's great that's the next t-shirt um, <laughs> not there yet but you know working on it no uh, this is a good time to I say I'm chatting right now with Naomi Banks hello 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 yeah um do, have and have you pegged in your personal life? Is that a thing you like to do?
2: No. Well, okay. Let me. So let me say this. Um, me and a, a, one of my girlfriends. He was a really good friend of mine.
0: Um, it was a dare. What? It was literally there
2: because he he. You guys didn't
0: just go like, "Hey, go streaking." You were like, "No pegging." Like, no,
2: it <laughs> was a dare. I had did this radio interview. I was in Chicago and he was with me, and we were doing a radio interview. And I was talking about my first um, strap-on scene. I was talking about my very first strap-on scene, and um, one of the interviewers, the guys from the radio, they was like, "Oh no, that's 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 gay." And so he, in return, said, "No, that's not. That's I think that's just of a sexual act or whatever." And that was like, "Oh really?" Huh. You know? Oh, really? So after that, we you know we were talking. He was like, he was like, yeah, I, I'll do. It. He said, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can do it.
0: Mm.
2: So when you tell me you don't think I can do it,
0: <laughs> now it's on. What, what kind, that's a weird, no, he just wanted that to happen because he knows you can do it. Yeah. What woman can't peg a guy? That's you know, I think, what, what, what bad hips do you got to have <laughs> that you just can't physically do it? But, you can know all But do I get it. that
2: question. I have another friend of mine that he always said, you don't know how to do it. He uh-huh. said, you, you don't know how to do it. Cause you don't have, I don't have a dick. You know, yeah. you don't, you wouldn't know what to do with it. So every day I flipped him over, lifted his ass up so where it was right here uh-huh. and started to, you know, he jumped and I'm like, Oh.
0: He was just nagging you into tricking you (laughs) to pegging him. I think that's all that happened. Um, You know, so uh, last weekend I organized two gangbangs because my life is weird, right? Oh, okay. And uh, at one of them we had a friend of mine who she offered to host at her place as long as she could fuck the chick with a strap on. Okay. And the chick was down with it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Um, The great part about having a chick at a, like a gangbang fuck the girl with a strap on is you get to watch like a hot woman fuck a woman with a strap on mm-hmm. the bad part of it is you now have a woman who is setting a standard none of the men are going to reach in that room <laughs> holy shit my friend mm. she i it's just insane her her hip action her thrust she like fucked her so hard that we legitimately were like the first couple things like this is hot and then it was like oh fuck i'm next yeah. <laughs> it's like no like i purposely went before so I didn't have to like follow that. Mm-hmm. That's like trying to like go on like after Chappelle drops in at like a comedy club. It's like you don't want to necessarily follow that. <laughs> How are you gonna? No one's gonna care what you had to say, and it's not gonna be as good.
2: Right. You know the thing is, is once you put on that that um that strap on or that dildo, mm-hmm. it's like you instantly think you got a dick. Like seriously, like the very first time I put on one on you know on camera, I was in a corner, like literally stroking my cock. Yeah. Like I literally like felt it like some way I felt a po- oh I'm sorry somewhere I felt some kind of power mm. that came over like I'm thinking like you know from all the guys that I fucked now I got it's my right, turn it's yeah. my time and you get this way you want to beat your chest and you know let up and that was it's it. like I'm
0: going to I'm going to avenge you Hillary right yes. now I'm going to take it back and then the
2: hip motion <laughs> come in and then you get to doing all kind of tricks oh my goodness yeah
0: -hmm. When you said you like tested anal with like outside, like you wanted to do that first somewhere, like who do you test that? Like do you test that with someone like known? Do you test it with another porn star, but just like kind of recreationally? Or
2: no, well I did it with my with my baby, with my baby boo. I did it with him. Um, You know, first off, that's something that we you know wanted to share. When I knew that's something that I wanted to do, I wanted to learn with him.
0: You also know. i'm sure he was like oh god finally she's shooting that scene now i get to." The... <laughs> it's right. like yes i'm a, i i volunteer his tribute
2: <laughs> right i think i think he's probably had the best because probably everything that i i wanted to do before a camera i've done it with him first
0: okay yeah, yeah. so is there uh, anything else you've like tested like that besides anal and and the um and the three and the eating pussy or no Just that's, that's the only okay. two there was no way i'd be doing a gangbang with him sure no well, what I found interesting about you, like where I was like starting off just as a runway model. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I don't mean to be like just a runway model, but like mm-hmm. you start off as a non pornographic runway model, and then you end up here. And it's like that's an interesting journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's. It's like when I when I when, I, when I, I used to sometimes on occasion I still will interview like a really big big comedians mm-hmm. right, and everyone's path is always different. Kevin yeah. Pollak's path is different from Joe Rogan, different from you know P Holmes and whoever, Don Mm O'Rollins, whatever. And they all had a different path. And I like it's like, talk to more and more people in the adult entertainment industry. It just also seems like, hey, yeah, we all had a different path. You know, there's no one way to get too vivid. Mm -hmm. It's just...
2: (laughs) Yeah, the funny is, everybody has their own story. You know, different story, And as you said, and and with this path. I would have never thought in a million years that I will be right here, right now. You wouldn't have never thought that. I come from a very religious family. You know, my uncle's a pastor, you know, deacons and all that other stuff. So you would never think... That I will be doing anything like that, even with
0: stripping. I think. I mean, everyone who's raised religious, I assume, will end up like that. To be no, honest, no, really. With you. Oh yeah, I think so many people, if like, unless you go all in on the religion, like you're gonna rail, you're gonna buck back against that at some no, point. The
2: thing is, I never watched <laughs> porn. Uh huh. I've ne- like literally, I never watched a day of porn. The but closest did, thing I watched was the Cinemax Showtime thing.
0: Oh yeah, that softcore that was, bullshit. Yeah, that's yeah. so.
2: That's what I didn't even know. So remember that song with Little Kim used to have um. That Heather Hunt, Hunter Jenna Jackme song. What was the name of that? I that am song? so
0: uncultured when it comes to music. Really? So, oh, yeah. Like, I'm. I'm just, like, how are you from New York and don't know Lil Kim? I'm just happy I know who Lil Kim is. Actually, <laughs> like, actually, you know, so uh weird side uh, relation to that is that my dad, so she was got super broke and fucked mm-hmm. up by the IRS. Oh, shit. She got like. Like IRS came for her mm-hmm. right? and she had this big ass house in Alpine New Jersey and okay. I grew up in North Jersey like you know five minutes she she had a big mansion like near where my grandma's mm-hmm. like house was mm-hmm. and my she was like trying to figure out a way to like find the money to pay, pay off the IRS pet. do the whole mm-hmm. thing and someone recommended someone that recommended my dad and my dad's not even an accountant mm-hmm. my dad's just like a, a fucking little goomba italian greaseball who just like figures out a way to make shit happen like, hey okay like i got a guy and we're gonna do a thing so he my dad ends up like just in a room with lil kim mm-hmm. not really knowing who that is <laughs> and he's like all right so here's the thing and he's trying to like convince her to sell the house and she was like i'm not selling the house He's like you gotta sell the house and he's like just my father is getting into a fight with lil kim Damn. over selling a house but then apparently they made up and like took pictures backstage that thing and <laughs> You know, I still I think my dad probably like doesn't even remember who Mm -hmm. he's like. Yeah, uh, she's famous. I'm I'm told. (laughs) That's my that's my little kin tie. But sorry, you were saying.
2: (laughs) But that like I didn't even know who they were until Mm -hmm. fast forward when I got into the industry and I started doing my research and I found out who they were. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So me going into the no one would ever thought like literally my family thought either I was on drugs or I was going through some kind of crisis or whatever. You know, it was. It was, but then I, like, I love it. Did, I yeah.
0: Did you ever drop the the religious upbringing at some point? Did you ever buck back, or do you still consider yourself a fairly spiritual religious person? I think
2: I'm I'm very spiritual. Uh-huh. Um, you I've dropped always the dogma. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. I've always been very spiritual. Um, I believe my journey is here for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. I don't know as of yet, but. I think this journey is, it calls for me to go through here. People are like, it's you crazy. You just a whole, no, that like, literally, I really think it is. I think because we live in such a judgmental world, mm-hmm. you understand? And people say, because you do this, this, and this, you don't believe in God, or you don't believe in a higher power, or you're a bad person. Um, And that's not the case. Right. You, you understand? It's, it, it's hard. What I didn't do is what I always, I always tell the people, I don't play with God. So I don't go into his home, his house. Especially because you have the the preachers and whatever, whatever they have their judgment. So I'm not getting ready to go in there and play with them. I pray in my in my own space, in my own home, to my God, mm. and that's how I leave it.
0: And what was your God look like?
2: Honestly, I don't give him a face anymore. Uh-huh. You know, I don't I don't give him or her a face. I was about anymore. to say, is it a him no? Or I don't Adam? I don't give it that. It's just the energy. Yeah, it's it's just it's some kind of energy of a positive energy that I feel, that I know that's around me. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like an effort. So I, I don't give it a face anymore, you know, because once you start giving it a face, then you you, you start to kind of box yourself in that you're not able to grow. You're not able to grow in certain ways, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Wait, wait,
0: so you said your father was the uncle of the pastor. My,
2: uh, my uncle was a pastor. He is a he's, pastor. He is a pastor. Is a pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he is a pastor.
0: And so when did you feel like you start dropping the whole like church stuff and kind of leaning more towards spiritual?
2: Oh, probably good. 15 years ago when I got into an argument with the pastor of the church (laughs) over a scripture that, you know, he he translated one way. I translated another way. He told me I was wrong. I thought I was right. Um, I still think I'm right. Do you remember what the? What no, it was? No, I don't even remember exactly remember what, it right though, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, what it was. You just remember you were right, though. Yeah. like, I don't know what it was, but I was right. <laughs> yeah, that that was it. And then from then on, I just knew. You know, I've always questioned it in the beginning anyway. My mom used to always say, you know, you, you question everything. I do. I mm-hmm. question everything. And so from that on, I just knew that I know that it was something that's gotten me out of a lot of things that I've put myself through, you know, um, and I just leave it like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. What was like the the I guess the sexual uh like the sex ed like upbringing for you being in such a like not just being in America where we don't mm-hmm. teach it but being in a religious upbringing.
2: Oh, don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. You do it, you get pregnant. Um really my father told me, my mother wouldn't even tell me about the birds, birds and the bees mm-hmm. or about sex. My father actually told me more about it than my mother did. Um now, my my mom, she just, just don't do it. You're not supposed to do it until you get married. You save that for marriage and things of that sort. And that was it.
0: But you are the one who, but you question and you think and you're skeptical. Mm-hmm. So that I can't imagine you were like accepting that very simple, just don't do it.
2: No, <laughs> I didn't. You know, I didn't. And that's why I went to, you know, I asked my father because he was more open. He wasn't the one that was going to church all the time. My mom was the one who was going to church all the time. You know, so, you know, like that. that. So you can kind of more... You know, I can more talk to my dad about it versus talking to my mom my mom about it because she was more, you know, stand up, you know, pretty dressed, you know, the, that sort of thing. And you got to obey, you know, your elders and all this other stuff, whatever. whatever. Well, my father was like, no, you know, you be who you are. You know, these are the things that you need to watch out for. These are such and such. You're going to have those feelings and those emotions in you and just know that it's OK to have those things, but just be wise on who you share those things with yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's dope, that's mm-hmm. dope. Was, was dad the first one you went to uh to like, well, i had a lot
2: of that? aunties my my mother is the oldest of 12 kids so i had a lot of aunties that i can actually talk to as well i mean they were like you know 10 years older than me or something sure. like that i trust them but then me and my dad he had a great relationship with me and my sisters and stuff like that you know he like that like your friend like he uh-huh. uh hang out with you. you know my sweet 16 birthday party you know we had a party and <laughs> The police came in and they thought my dad was one of the kids. Huh. Literally, you know, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, when you started doing porn, was he like the first one to, of the parents to tell? Or?
2: No, actually, I actually got into porn to help pay for him, pay, help pay for his, um, his illness. Okay. He was diagnosed with diabetes one. Okay. Um, they were actually um, wanting to amputate his feet. And so for um, me, that's the reason why I got into porn to help pay for the medical bills for that he actually he did not know that i was in the adult industry mm. not even until he didn't the know where died. the money was coming from no he just i mean no he knew it was coming from you know because i sing and i dance and i did all i was always in the yeah, in industry and all modeling all that, yeah. and all that stuff so he just thought i was rich and i was helping my mom yeah. <laughs> you know from there so he to my knowledge he never knew that i was in an adult industry but my mom knew sure but my dad never knew
0: mm-hmm So so your mom, the one who was like, no, stand up straight, go to church, Mm -hmm. obey, wait till marriage. Mm -hmm. But she knew.
2: But she knew. What was uh, that process like? You know, I was outed by some cousins to my grandmother, Uh, which (sighs) me and my grandmother had a very close relationship. Mm. And from there, um, then that's when all the family knew. Because honestly, like I said, I never watched porn. So I didn't know anybody in my family was watching porn. I didn't know that was their secret that they did. And they, they watched porn and they saw me in one of their favorite Movies or whatever and they told my Grandmother and then from there they Called me here in in LA And asked me what was Going on and I told them um, I did it for like a good year before they found out. So I was like sending money back home. They helped mm-hmm. them pay for their mortgage and they rent. They just thought that I just hit it big, you know, like I was doing, you know, TV and stuff like that. Because I was still doing mainstream. I was still walking that fine line.
0: The mainstream modeling. So. Mainstream okay.
2: modeling and acting on TV and stuff like that. So they they didn't know the difference until my cousin outed me sure. to my grandmother. And then from then on, it was like a spiral of everybody talking with what's going on, you know, whatever. And then I finally told my mom and explained to her and she never watched porn. So she her first question, like, are you guys really having sex? And I said, yes, mother, we're really having sex. And then she said, are you being safe? And I say, yes. And my grandmother told me, well, I know you have a bigger plan. You just be safe. I'll keep praying for you. And there's no one else to judge you but God. And they left it like that. Until this day, my mother is still the same way. She said, you know, I know you. I know who you are. You know, just keep trusting in God and keep doing what you're doing, and, and be the best that you're doing. In
0: what was that? What was that like the first phone call? Uh when, oh, was, when you when you found out, like you, I don't know if it's a text, it's a call, but you find out, like, okay, whatever, cousin. Hey, so and so told us you did this thing, like, and you're like, well, Mom's gonna call, whatever. Like that? Is there a panic? What's the first? Feeling? You know,
2: it was it was a panic. It, it was it was a panic because I'm the oldest out of all the grandkids, and I'm the good girl. Like I'm like what everybody wanted to be like you know doing everything going in order so when um when that did i i did go into a panic i called my sister she was kind of upset because she knew and she was upset because i didn't share that with her on what i was doing you know for a whole year and it kind of trickled down i think i talked to at least 12 people on the phone you know of my family members To let them know that I was okay and, you know, and everything like that, that I wasn't in an awkward situation. Because really, honestly, when I was doing that for that year, they knew something was different because I stayed away. And usually I'm very in-your-face type of, you know, family. And I kind of stayed away to kind of do my thing because I didn't know... How to explain what I was doing. Can you understand, yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying is? Well, I like, don't
0: know. How, look, hey, I make a living talking to like my exes and being sometimes mm-hmm. naked on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to explain one day. I got a phone call from my dad once, uh, like in the first like year I started so doing this. And he goes, like, Billy, did you do a porno? <laughs> I was like, I know I gotta try to explain this thing. And he also we he and I share a name, so mm-hmm. like, you know, Google you know, his part, his business partners find my horseshit. And, you know, so like, I get that. Like, yeah, find the way to frame Mm and frame it to them. You know, how to sell it. Like I'm a sales guy. Like I got to figure out how to sell it and how to pitch it. Mm -hmm. that they can like, so it's palatable. So
2: yeah. So they can relate to it in a, in a certain thinking them coming from religion and all of that is shame, But then when you do your research, like Christians are the biggest consumers of porn.
0: Yeah. 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 Utah loves porn. (laughs) And yet Utah also is trying to like pass laws to prevent porn from be even being yeah. in the state. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Utah's the, Utah's the one that wants to do the one where like you'd have to register your name and shit to be able to have access to like the porn sites within oh, wow. state lines. Wow. It was like, yeah, let's see how that goes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's why. So wait, how, how did you end up framing it to them to make it palatable?
2: You know, um, I think my mom asked me, you know, well, Well, why did you start? And I told her, I said, when you called me and you wanted me to come back home, you know, to get help, you know, I didn't want to come back. I knew what goals that I wanted to do, you know, for it, not putting the blame on her. But I knew it was something that I had wanted to, you know, I knew that was a quicker way for money. Hmm. And that's that's what I told. I said, but in the process, I have a bigger plan, you know, for it. And I just need you guys to support me on it.
0: I'm grown. So you just got to trust me. Yeah, like that's on, it.
2: You got You have to trust me, you know, with it, and that's all that they can say. You know that. You know she's she's not on drugs. You know I've never really had a problem with her. You know, she's grown. Yeah, I just want to know she's she's safe. And they, I, I did pretty good for myself. I was on Howard Stern my very first year. So killer. Yeah.
0: Did you, Did you have Lainey that first year too? No, no. I didn't. You got, and you, so that, I got Lainey if, in the If anything even more impressive because yeah. like you got the Howard without Laney I was like yeah. that woman <laughs> is just she's she is phenomenal she just, I is the only person I, I even today someone was like talk one publicist talks to you about different publicists, mm-hmm. but I've never heard anyone talk to you about Laney no, Spicer no goddamn
2: Angel. no no and it's so funny <laughs> I I was trying to get Laney when I was really active in the industry and she's like no I did get your email so you were dodging me. She was like, no, I love you. <laughs> no. I love you. She was like, no. So we've been rocking and rolling for almost three years
0: now. Killer. Yeah. 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 So when you say when you were more active, are you less active in the industry? Well, yeah,
2: because I'm, I'm not performing on camera anymore. Yeah, so yeah, i I call myself semi retired because I still do other things. i s I'm still building the Naomi Banks brand, Brand, you know, with that. So that was a brand that
0: involves like your nipple being out, which by the way, can we just give me credit? I've been on phenomenal with eye You were
2: supposed to be the nipple watcher today.
0: Oh I mean, like I'm not yeah, like hey, I'm not gonna argue, but I just want credit for the amount of eye contact (laughs) I maintained. (laughs) Knowing it was there. Uh, <laughs> also, that's why your eye was going up and down.
2: I thought it was telling me to do something else. Well,
0: I also get nervous ticks, but then one time the nervous tick went this way, and then I was like, okay, there's a nipple there, but we're going to be we're, we're eye contact. Really. <laughs> I just want it known. Fucking oh, professional. No, so what? So what is uh, this? The, the Naomi Banks brand that still involves AVN or, or or the adult industry.
2: Yes. Well, actually, because I I sell sexy. That okay, is what I do. Sexy. I sell sexy. So actually, I was nominated. For um, Intimate Seduction Lingerie, which is my lingerie line, Mm -hmm. um, I have two versions of it. I have the retail side of it. And I also have to where I do, uh, I design, custom design for both men and women. And I was nominated for AVN as well as the XBiz Awards for Mm -hmm. two XBiz Awards for that as well. So that's, you know, that's a part of the post hardcore
0: that's part of the plan
2: yeah that's part of the plan you know i always um i always walk around and say i'm a multi-billion dollar industry i'm a multi-billion dollar company yeah. that's my worth and in my worth i gotta show i'm just more than just sucking dick on camera or taking it up the ass it's more it's more layers to this onion it's more mm. pages to this book it's just not the cover take time to read the pages of it it's so many things that i have to offer and it's just not that. So that is what I'm doing in my post-hardcore days, sure. as well as you know, professional dominatrix. You know, I do my clips to where you know
0: um, I'm more
2: interactive with my fans. So it's a whole lot more. Oh, so I'm you're a still writer.
0: shooting clips. Yeah, I'm, I'm still shooting clips. So what kind of clip? Like they're not like uh, like. Uh, scene like partnered scenes or no the only
2: partner scenes that i do is when i'm doming gotcha. someone okay. um you will probably not see me doing hardcore unless i come back and when i come back i'll be just doing it for myself
0: you're like you know? i've just always wanted to fuck that particular performer yes. so i'ma come back to get that one yes <laughs> like...
2: for myself sure.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's yeah, cool yeah. when was last time you shot um like uh hardcore porn or oh my god um probably six and a half years Six and a half years ago? Yes, it's been that long.
2: Wait, well, how long have you been in the industry overall? I've been in the industry for about 12, 13 years.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So six years. And so do you still like hit AVN also in part because like maybe your fans are, are the types that still go to AVN? Yeah,
2: but I stay in their face like from yeah. radio, like I was on Playboy Radio show? for yeah. three or four years and then I had my own radio station, you know, that podcast. So I stay, I stay current and relevant in the industry. So I, I never went away. I just stopped shooting
0: hardcore scenes. Right, But you're still yeah. around. You're still doing the podcast?
2: Actually I'm getting back to that. Uh-huh. That's how I get. yeah, Laney been like, get, come hurry up and come back." Get, I took podcast. a hiatus to <laughs> yeah. kind of concentrate on the intimate seduction, the lingerie line. Yeah. I did some fashion shows in New York and stuff like that. So, kind of like getting that brand on, but I need to really get back. Because I miss it, I miss radio, I miss the podcast, I miss sitting here interviewing with people mm-hmm. and finding out more about them. I miss like I love just even sitting here with you, conversating with you. Yeah, sitting yeah.
0: here, mic or no mic, like that's just the connecting. Oh, so much fun! Yeah. Yesterday, I did five episodes. Never did that before. That's too much, mm-hmm. possibly. But like, but like, I didn't. I, I woke up what like uh, eight a.m. Mm-hmm. and I think I didn't eat anything all day until about one thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. So for like, I literally didn't eat all day. Why? I was high right. from connecting with people yeah. nonstop. Like just, I was just buzzing. I was just running off adrenaline. And it you, was, like, um, it I, was like, did you eat? I was like, I haven't eaten today at all. I'm just like, I'm full of joy because I can't talk to people like yeah. you.
2: Yeah. And you know, the thing is too, is like when I try to get away from it, like I always find myself coming back, like this guy right here, like right. he has a new production company called Super Lover. And you know, my thing is I want to help him show exactly what he's trying to show you know from him being a fan to now being a producer now him being a producer you know it's like finding these 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 new talents that you know want to get into the industry and stuff like that so it's it's all about that
0: what was what was the podcast? Uh, I was just like talking to other. It was called stores? Chocolate Radio. Okay, that's name is Chocolate Radio. Um, about about food, right?
2: No, about, not oh. it's like because I'm chocolate. And oh, I'm like, yes, like Chocolate Radio. <laughs> like, but now I have okay. a new thing that's called Inside okay. Naomi. Okay, that uh, I really I'm going to be on different sets like that with different people and talking is real raw and uncut. You know, getting to meet, you know, a lot of new fans, I mean, new um, performers and stuff like that, interviewing them as well as even people that I do personal sessions with. Mm. It's like getting to, you know... Finding out what their what their sexual interest is and why are they into BDSM or you know whatever so like your help. your
0: BDSM clients yes what's what's great is you can just like order them to do that it's yeah like... you
2: know literally I do <laughs> it's sit like... down put on this mask and we're gonna do this but no they're 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 so they're so free and open to do that you know it's it kind of like a release that I'm able to sit here and talk to somebody yeah. even though might nobody know who I am but I'm able to voice that opinion and people like you know. All right. They even will watch themselves doing it too.
0: Did they get? Uh, did they get like a discount if they would do an episode of the podcast? Uh, no. No. Just get oh. shut your ass. I don't know. Some CEOs like, I don't want to be all podcast. they like, we'll take 20% off. it would be like, yes, mistress. <laughs> this is not Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds fun. And like, it sounds like you want to talk to people on sets and stuff. And that's yeah. like a little, that's an area of the world. I think uh, people want to see some more of. And they
2: do. They do. They, they really do. I remember working at uh, Playboy and I was always saying the fans truly want to connect. They want to be on set. In the real, you mm-hmm. know, in the real time. And they want to see, you know, how the whole thing goes. And I remember, you know, at that point in time, you know, they were like, no, we can't allow that. But now they do it. Now everyone does it now. Yeah. Now it's more of a reality-based type of thing.
0: It's all about, yeah. like, really knowing this person, almost like a character. Yeah. So, but th- there's this pressure also then with social, it feels like I always got to be on. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, I always got to let them in on the thing. I got to mm. do this Instagram thing. I got to do this tweet. And then sometimes you kind of want to have, like, a little corner space of reality and time for yourself. Yeah um you know it, 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 so i can avoid the burnout yeah it, it, i'm curious you know before we get going is um when you made the announcement like how how did you make the announcement that you were going to stop shooting scenes and how did people take that um did you get a lot of bad blowback were they supportive what was that experience you know
2: like? it, it was a, it was a mix of things because a lot of people say i left too early that I wasn't because I I left in my prime. I left when I was on top, which I I thought it was great that I left on top. But it was still a lot of things that I wasn't able to do right. that it's, I didn't do.
0: Yeah, it's like I saw what Michael Jordan did. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, uh, we're not going to come back to the Hornets or yeah. the Wizards or whatever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And the people begging me now like, come yeah. back, come back. Like, oh, that never goes well. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, but I guess in that 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 first year afterwards, I was still doing radio. But then after that, um. I did kind of get burned out. I Mm. I literally did get burned out and kind of like, you know, I can kind of come away from this and but I can't, Mm. you know, it's it's, it's a hard thing to come away, especially if it's something that you love. And it's not even about the sex. It's about the business and the relationships that you, you know, that you get from being in this industry. How
0: do you keep the fans uh, in during that transitionary time? Like, how do you keep the fans still in with your brand, even though they weren't going to get like the dick sucking scenes they were used to?
2: I sell them sexy. Sure, I made them fall in love. Yeah, with but, me. but they
0: yeah, but they fell in love with like you in this like pornographic thing. Now you had to like kind of keep the you kind of had to like wean them off of the hardcore into the loving the sexy.
2: You know what? The, this is the crazy thing is because now, and it's funny because there's a whole new fan base that's coming in now. It's a whole sure. new fan base of with the younger guys or whatever coming in that want to see me like that. But now they see me as goddess as well. So they they have no choice but to respect me on it. You have a few that I don't wanna see that. Okay, well it's not for you. Sure. Then move on. But I've always been sexy and erotic in my hardcore. So they've always got that. You're just not getting the hardcore now. Sure. But you're still getting the sexy, in the sexual, but you're not getting the hardcore.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, Naomi. Uh, I know you got to run to get to the booth. Uh, mm-hmm. where, you know where can people find you? If they want <laughs> if they want to experience some more of the sexy. <laughs>
2: well, if they want to come see it's like sexy, go <laughs> subscribe at my OnlyFans at I am Naomi Banks, and I'm going to spell Naomi Banks for you. Oh,
0: professional.
2: That's N Y O M I B A N triple X, as well as follow me on IG, and that's the real Naomi Banks. Um. Yeah. <laughs> as well as go to my website, goddessnaomi.net.
0: Oh, God, it's my. I, I, I personally can think of several listeners who are very active who are going to be like, yes, guys. Like, already they're on board. They're just like, I'm going to go and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Uh, thanks so for, uh, so much for talking to me. And I uh, want you to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody.
2: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed yourself in this interview. I had a great time. This ass is great. I love you, whore <laughs>
0: <laughs> Later. <laughs> A lot going on in this week's show, everybody. A little bit of ranting, a little bit of, you know, comment, thread reading, uh, a lot of bit of Naomi Banks, and we even got to hear a bit from HotMovies.com. I thought that was a good show. I hope you did, too. Uh, let us know what you thought. I love, as you can tell by the amount of time that I spend reading emails and comments and such, I want to know what you think. Shoot me a tweet at the BillyPresita, uh, or you can leave a comment on uh, this week's episode on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Those of y'all who are more familiar with my thirst traps, uh, you probably already follow me on the Instagram at BillyIsPresita. But if you're not already, go follow me over there. Very active, doing the stories, doing all the things you want. Just reward me with those sweet, sweet double tap likes. <laughs> And if you want to send me a comment, a question, your titty pictures, whatever, in a, in a longer, more business-like format, you can send me an email at manhorpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. New York City, got to get your tickets, people. Go get your tickets right now to our live show on August 3rd on the Lower East Side. Go get your tickets right now at manhorpodcom slash tickets. Can't make it to Manhorcon? Can't come out to the live show? Don't live in New York City or anywhere close to it, you can still feel like a part of the action and get to know uh, like-minded listeners in our private sex positive discussion groups on Patreon. Become a member today at Patreon.com slash podcast. Again, that's Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash manhore podcast. Oh, I did promise you a little thing, right? I promised you a little something, something. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a clip to close us out from Andrea Allen's debut comedy EP, Gonzo. So uh, enjoy some stand-up from what, for some of you, is your favorite Man War Podcast guest. Stay slutty. <laughs>
1: There's something else that happened that used to happen to me when I worked in an office that I hated even more. And that was getting hit on by weird old white guys that I worked with. (laughs) Their lines are like knock-knock jokes. You know, it's so (laughs) fucking ridiculous. There was this one guy and he would always go, Hey, Andrea, I'm married, but if I wasn't... And I was like... If you weren't WHAT! I'd be sucking your fucking dick! What is the end of that sentence, Carl? Huh!
0: Yes! I will sign for the package! And see you at the Christmas party! And meet your wife and daughter! Who is my
1: age? Freak! Those old men, they, dude, they gotta get off Instagram too. Stop commenting on my pictures past midnight. You're a father, it's over.